0: Pitch.
1: Well, it's Thursday, and you are listening to another days of the new mosh pit. I'm Kevin, as always, joined by my co-host Nick. How are we doing today, Nick?
0: Hey, Kevin, uh, pretty good, pretty good over here. Just, we just keep getting older and older, and like I had to have a plumber come do work <laughs> in my house today. You know what? Plumbers
1: probably making more money than us.
0: I mean, good for them. I don't want to fucking yeah. have be elbowed. I don't need elbowed deep in a shitter half my day.
1: Look, all I'm saying is, kids, if you're listening, kids, Jesus Christ, there wow. are no kids listening, Not but really. if there were, learn to trade. Yeah, think Join about a trade, union. for sure. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I am 41, and uh, it took me until I was 39 to pay off my student loan debts.
1: Yeah, yeah, my, uh, my cousin, he's 19 years old, and he just dropped out of his first year of college. He's like, I don't like this shit. I'm going to go get an apprenticeship as a plumber. And he's probably going to be doing better than me in oh, for 10 sure. years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. for so. sure. I mean, he'll certainly do doing better right out the gate than we were doing right out of college. <laughs> no shit. Join a trade, kids, and then join a union. That's, yeah. that's all I got to well, say.
0: If, if, if those still exist.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, got some good feedback on uh, the Tool episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, a lot you. of people couldn't believe that you uh, couldn't pronounce Maynard. Thought it was like a who's on first kind of bit.
1: Nope, sure wasn't, sure wasn't. I don't know if I should share this. This is kind of, uh eh, this is a bit much. All right, no, fuck it, I'll share it. M- my entire life, I pronounced my last name Delory, mm-hmm. right? Kevin Delory. Yeah. That's just, apparently, it's Delory. Okay. And my wife was just like, so my name's gonna be Jamie Delory? I was like, no, it's gonna be Delory, Jamie Delory. And she goes, that that's not right. And I was like, what the fuck? So I call up my mom, I was like, Mom, our last name's Delory, right? She goes, no, it's Delory. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. So, I've been saying my my own name wrong my entire life. For forty forty one 41 years. <laughs> for 41 years, I've been calling myself Kevin Delory. And it's not fucking stopping now. No. That's my name. No, that's
0: it, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's uh, th- this is a problem, is what I'm trying to say, folks. All this right. is not a new thing for yeah. me. But... Let's travel back to that Tool episode where briefly we mentioned a band by the name of Green Jello. And uh I didn't want to stop to really get into them there. It totally deserves its own mosh pit because it is a ridiculous ridiculous story. Nick, what do you know about Green Jello?
0: I remember when Three Little Pigs came
1: out. <laughs> yep. Um I
0: think that may have been like a school bus Situation like you got to hear this weird song, and I mean, yeah, keep in mind that like, kind of like Primus was big at that time, so like mm-hmm. that kind of music was just a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and then I remember seeing the video and being like, What the fuck,
1: uh, <laughs> and then
0: yeah, and then uh, you know, 15 years later, someone was like, Oh, yeah, you know, Green Jello, you know, you know Maynard from Tools in that band, and I was like, What,
1: yeah, um, yeah, that's about it, that's about all I know. That's about all anyone knows and that's really all you need to know but because we are who we are did a little bit of a digging and I want to tell you the story of a band called Green Jello and how they birthed a band that we love called Tool. So Green Jelly, I'm sorry. I'm going to oscillate between Green Jelly and Green Jello. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute, but yeah. Green Jello formed in 1981 in Buffalo, New York when singer William Manspeaker, desperate to join a band, realized that he couldn't play instruments. In his words, he couldn't sing. I'm not gonna disagree there. He decided to form a punk band after hearing that the Ramones and Sex Pistols songs were easy to play, but he couldn't do that either. Oh no. Yeah. I mean,
0: the Sex Pistols, a band whose bass player famously didn't know how to play the bass at all. Right?
1: Yeah, that's the caliber of talent that we're dealing with. So Manspeaker decided, Instead, that he would form a band that the members would self-proclaim the worst band in the world. And that is how Green Jello began.
0: How does that work? How are you going to be like, we're going to be the worst band in the world. Also, Danny Carey's on drums.
1: <laughs> well, this is back in high school. This is back in high school. Okay. So uh, why the name Green Jello? So according to an interview with LA Weekly, Manspeaker claimed... I figured out what day the school cafeteria was serving green jello, and I rented a PA. I dragged the PA in on a Wednesday and plugged it in real quick. We plugged in the instruments, I jumped on the table, pulled down my pants, and everybody started throwing green jello at me. We were playing the song, the principal comes in and shuts it down, I get suspended, and right then I knew that this is my life. I could have a career of causing a disturbance. You can survive being a spectacle. You could only do this in 1980. Yeah, yeah, extremely. <laughs> yeah, so I jumped up on the table, waved my dick around, and uh, decided that was me. That I was fuck, my the, life. Fuck the jello in front of the rest of the high school, and then I,
0: I fucking went to juvie until I was out, and uh, yeah. lived a life of petty crime and heroin addiction.
1: <laughs> it could have gone either way yeah. with this guy. Yeah, so sure. that was that, and green jello continued as his thing. So he moves out to Hollywood in 1987, recruited some new members, and Green Jello soldiered on. 1987 was a productive year for Manspeaker. Green Jello recorded an eight-song EP, and they also appeared on The Gong Show. Nick, do you know what The Gong Show is? I do know what The Gong Show is, yes. Yeah, for those of you who don't, it's like the 70s version of America's Got Talent and all that shit. Uh, and if you truly sucked, they had a gong and made fun of you. Let's take a look. Chill. you've tuned in at just the right moment we've just taken off the restraining straps <laughs> okay let's watch this first act and when they're finished we're gonna ask him what they did here's green jello. Yeah, we can stop that.
0: <laughs> so that's entirely pre recorded. Oh, a, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's plugged in anything. The drummer, there's two drummers. I think they both just have snare drums.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, one, one has a Tom. He huh. just hit that. Yeah, there is
0: no drum kit on the stage.
1: Yeah. The bassist is just having a spasm. His hands are nowhere near the bass. And the
0: lead singer is wearing a raincoat with a pumpkin on his head.
1: Yes. Uh, this song is called Rock and Roll Pumpkin. Well, this, that's very much what I'm watching. Yep, so let's get to the end. Hey, come on. Up here we go. Yeah, green jello. This is a terrific act. I, I find versatility with this. I find
0: all kinds of great things. You've been gonged, and, and I, I really think that's what they were here for.
1: Here, let me, let me point you right over here. Here you go. There goes a little green jello. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was good. Ah, ah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like mindless self-indulgence before mindless self-indulgence was a thing.
0: And somehow I hate it less than I hate mindless self-indulgence.
1: <laughs> I still love that episode. <laughs> yeah, so green jello was just extra as the kids would say. There's obviously little to no talent there and it's just spectacle. As Mint Speaker said, so everything is kind of going according to plan. Oh, one more thing on the Gong Show. According to Wikipedia's notable people who appeared on the Gong Show, it included an unknown band called The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which evolved into Oingo Boingo, led by future film and television score producer Danny Elfman.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah. Weird. Also, have you seen Danny Elfman recently? No. He's terrifying. He's really? he's uh you know, he's he's an old person that dyes his hair red because it oh. used to be red, you know, so like carrot top kind of he's also oh. like oddly muscular and covered in tattoos all over his torso and he just never wears a shirt anymore.
1: What the fuck? Yeah, How did just, I miss just that? Do a, just do a quick just do a quick Google. You should see this. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So. He looks like if Rocky Dennis from Mask went to a Russian prison. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has <laughs> pectoral implants too. Oh my god. Yep. That's, anyway, that's that's oh. that's him. Wow, that's Terrible. <laughs> let's 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 move on. Green Jello continues on like this, basically being LA's answer to Guar. Now, how exactly does Tool figure into this? As we mentioned in the Tool episode, Danny Carey had moved from Kansas to LA. He would wind up joining this band, Carmageddon, which included Green Jello guitarist Steven Schenner. At the time, Green Jello had a pool of fifty members. Jesus. Yeah, 50 members. There's Just, not even 50 people in this world that I like. <laughs> and they're probably all in green jello. Yeah. So Stephen asked Bill if he could bring other people, like bandmates, to jam. So nine musicians met up at Danny's Hollywood rehearsal space. And before you know it, Danny was playing with green jello. He tipped Bill off about a 6,600 square foot artist loft space nearby which became the infamous Green Jello Loft. And this is a location that is crucial in tool history. So let's take a quick tour and see who's there. Here's all my friends, these are my friends. I'm the yes. one that Maynard. killed Bill. I'm the one that killed him. He good. killed Bill, I pushed him down the stairs, I fed him liquid good stuff, Maynard, and he's dead now. All right, there he was. <laughs> what you're hearing is a profoundly fucked up Maynard James Keaton, <laughs> <laughs> he is off his fucking tit he's got a little pork pie hat on and there's just nothing going on behind those eyes no. he's having a great time yeah he is the lights are on and no one's home the tape here says that it is june 2nd of 1991 at about 2 30 in the morning so that's that's how they get down at the green jello loft so, yeah, everyone's either living or partying at the green Jello loft, and Keenan and Carrie were part of a revolving door of members. And apparently Keenan did very little except throw raw hot dogs at the crowd and like dance around. But it seems like a wild time to be alive. It seems like you're never gonna get an experience like that again. And the whole tour of this place, there's like an arcade in it. It's like a it's like three different floors. There's a huge performance space, like, They are left completely their own devices. It is like the island of misfit toys, and I'm sure what is a hellhole portion of L.A. at the time. Now, the music industry in the 80s and 90s was such a behemoth that it was simultaneously mega successful and profoundly stupid at the same time, proven by the fact that Bill Manspeaker could fall ass backwards into a record contract (laughs) before Tool. Fucking crazy. I'm going to quote from him. Okay. Okay. One of my friends from Tower Records gets a job at a record company. He calls me up and says he's eating lunch with the president of the label, and I should walk by like I haven't seen him, and he'll introduce me to him. I go to the corner of Sunset and Vine, and there was this little strip court. It was next to the BMG building, and the staff was there having lunch. My friend calls me over, and I tell them the story. He gives me a record contract right there on the spot at the lunch table in front of the entire staff. I walk away with a check for $60,000 without the record company hearing or seeing my band. How the fuck does anybody do that? Because it's the early nineties and you've got more money than God and 60,000. What if they blow up? And if not, you just write it off. And it's interesting to point out it was $60,000 for a music video collection. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I, I wanna let Bill finish the story here and how it relates to Tool. So the, the pitch sold it. it instantly. silly. was it even- And a- I walked away with 60 fucking thousand dollars. I'm working $7 an hour job. Jeez. Bringing home $240 a week. Yeah. That's incredible. $1,000 a month. And suddenly I got fucking 60 months in advance paid in my fucking hand. And I show my roommate, I said, dude, look at this fucking jacket. And he's like, oh, shit. I'm going to fucking start a band, man. Adam, let's fucking start a band. <laughs> and Adam goes, all right, Maynard, let's start a band. Oh. What are we going to call it? We'll call a Tool. And I said, all right, I'll throw a party Friday night. You guys can play the party and you'll get signed too. And that's literally what happened. Holy shit. <laughs> sure enough, green jello got signed, and Tool's like, hey, we could get signed, and then they got signed. And here's a flyer from uh, October 28th, 1991, uh, with Tool opening for them at the club with no name. And we got some footage from that. Sweet. Obviously, it sounds like shit, but I want to point out that everybody but Keenan looks like the Lone Rangers from Airheads.
0: One hundred percent, what they look like—they look like <laughs> the Lone Rangers, and Gollum is their frontman. <laughs>
1: that is exactly what it is, and it's just such a crazy thing to wrap your head around that, like, this band came from this guy. They gave me sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Green Jello because their rise to fame is still happening. So the first album, as I said, wasn't even an album. It was a video album with just like a VHS with insane music videos. Here's a clip of one. Also, this has nothing to do with anything else but penis. Therefore, remain calm. God bless your natural bodily fluids as you are. Nick, you wanna walk the audience through I this? I don't know how, where? We got a man in a rabbit suit,
0: dancing around. There's, there's, I, I, there's, there's just rabbits and coconuts. dots. I know, I'm on acid apparently. <laughs> Children's if nightmare it, come to life. Oh, God. I think it's the Trix Rabbit, rabbit and, Tricks and now Toucan Sam's beating kids. his ass.
1: Oh, Toucan Sam just cut us, cut his head off. All right. It also happened to feature a little video for the song. Three little pigs. Well, the first little piggy, well, he was kind of he Spent most of his days just a dreaming of the city. And then one day, he bought a guitar. He moved to Hollywood to become a star. But living on the farm, he knew nothing of the city. Built his house out of straw, what a pity. Then one day, jamming on some chords, along came the wolf knocking on his door. That falsetto you hear? That's
0: Maynard James Key. <laughs> that's fantastic. I like uh, when they uh, they just animated that this pig went to Hollywood to become a star. And it's all claymation. And he drives by a, the man's Chinese theater and the sign <laughs> on the marquee just says, Her
1: thing had teeth. <laughs> <laughs> one, one other thing I learned about this was that it, it just wasn't Maynard. It was also... The, the voices of the pigs were provided by Les Claypool and Polly Shore. Great. So when you hear this. Little <laughs> That's all three of them. Perfect. The song goes on way longer than it should. I do not remember this being five minutes and 54 seconds long. It ends with what to my adolescent brain was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Lo and behold, the little piggy's house good It's made out of concrete, the little piggy shouted The wolf just frowned as he pouted So they called 9-11 like any piggy would They sent out Rambo Just as fast as they could Yo, you
0: face, I'm your worst nightmare Your ass is
1: mine Just
0: great. Fantastic. (laughs) Down to the claymation Rambo even has like Sylvester Stallone's lip deformation.
1: (laughs) And we'll, We'll post some clips on the Instagram of what this video looks like. But to me, that was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen in my life. So the video gets in rotation on MTV and like all other prepubescent boys who like dirty language and over the top cartoon violence, we go nuts for it. They quickly rush to put it out on vinyl, cassette and CD. I happen to own the cassette Amazing. Yeah, I just listen to it over and over. Uh, the track goes certified gold, and Green Jello quickly rush out the album *Serial Killer* soundtrack, featuring hits like "Obey the Cow God," "Tripping on Ecstasy," and "The Misadventures of Shit Man." And yes, there is a video for the *Misadventures of Shitman. Shit man*. Yeah. That's pretty great. It's a guy in a giant shit costume running around being chased by plumbers. This could have gotten you a record contract back in the day. (sighs) I was born in in the wrong time. Only by a few years. We really, truly were. We were the consumers. So the album comes out as quickly as it can, and Kraft Foods takes notice and shut that shit down ASAP. (laughs) Because as we all know... The Jell-O brand only takes the best spokespeople.
0: <laughs> There's never, ever been a Jell-O spokesperson that did anything wrong.
1: I cannot think of a more wholesome brand than Jell-O and it, their history of having the most wholesome spokespeople. Yeah. Anytime
0: they had somebody to help them sell pudding pops,
1: mm. squeaky clean. Yep. Saints, one and all. hmm Yep. So, <laughs> they rechristen themselves as Green Jelly and continue soldiering on. The Serial Killer soundtrack does okay. It hits twenty two on the Billboard two hundred, but ultimately they're a novelty act. They're a one hit wonder.
0: I think if you're Green Jello, um, one hit wonder is, I mean, a slam dunk. It's about as good as it's gonna get.
1: Oh yeah, it's absolutely as good as it's gonna get. But they were not done yet. Because in 1994 they released 333. This time with both a video album and a recorded version. It did not chart. The reviews tanked, and Green Jelly began their rapid descent into the backs of our collective memory with one final hurrah that is in line with the Green Jelly mythology. Nick, I don't know if you remember this, but in September of 1994. Acclaim Entertainment subsidiary LJN released Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: I love this game. Uh, It was based on the 14-part epic comic book crossover Maximum Carnage, which myself, Nick, and all of our nerd friends were super into. Yep. It's an exceptionally good side-scrolling beat-em-up with an incredibly curious intro. Get the LJN image. Software Creations, I'm sure they're out of business. And then Green Jelly, out of fucking nowhere. Green Jelly, ladies and gentlemen, made their way onto the Maximum Carnage Super Nintendo video game from 1994. (laughs) 16-bit soundtrack. Yeah, a 16-bit version of this song. That's it over and that's over awesome. and over yeah no i mean it's pretty cool how the fuck did this happen here's what man speaker had to say and i i wish i could do his voice but i can't <laughs> in around 1992 <laughs> i can't do it that's pretty good yeah, thank you but i can't do it for this whole paragraph we had flown to a music seminar in new york but this was the grunge era nobody cared about the punk rock puppet band nobody will even talk to us we're not getting any press whatsoever Totally discouraged, we're walking down the New York streets with our costumes. By chance, we happen to pass by the Marvel building. So we were like, you know what? Who the fuck cares? We've already lost at every try that we've tried. Let's put the costumes on and let's just walk in and see what happens. And we go and put them on. And we go in and say, we're here to see Marvel. We're up in the elevator. We're looking at each other. Oh my God, they think we're supposed to be here. Next thing we know, we're in the main writing room with all the artists. There's every single Marvel artist working on every single comic. We're in there and nobody knows why, but everybody's excited. It was very bizarre. Big full costumes. Everybody started talking and hanging out and the next thing we know, Oh my God, Stan, Stan, you've got to meet Stan. Next thing I know, I'm in this meeting with Stan Lee. We're talking this and that and costumes and I pitched this idea. We're really not looking for a comic book deal. We're more interested in doing some sort of game. Maybe doing some soundtracks to some sort of Marvel games or something. He was very intrigued by that idea. A few years later, I got called back into Stan's office here in Los Angeles. They rehashed the idea and said, Would you be interested in doing all the music to the games and perhaps doing a promotional song for the game? Holy shit. These guys are just, like, charmed. Like, incredibly lucky. Yeah, it's just... How could you keep on falling back into success over and over and over? Also, the uh, off of three three three, the uh, bear song appeared in the Farley Brothers film Dumb and Dumber, and the related video received a 1995 Grammy nomination for best long-form video. And after that, Green Jelly broke up. Until Manspeaker Speaker did decide to reform Green Jelly but this time he would be the the sole constant member. This is fucking genius. He decided to form a different version of Green Jelly in every city and town where there was a demand for the band to perform. And as a result, there are currently 781 active members of Green Jelly, which is a Guinness World Record. That's awesome. Have you
0: you heard of a local 80s funny cover band, The Spasmatics? I have not. Well, yeah, I mean, right, no, so, I've heard of them. Yeah, that's because there's like 30 of them. There's a spasmatics <laughs> in every major city. Everybody thinks they're like, oh, they're a local band that plays 80s songs and wears Devo hats. Yeah, it's a big ass product and they wow. exist everywhere. Wow. Different band members. They don't tour because they don't need to. They have the same set list. It doesn't matter who's playing what, what night. Yeah, It's, so it's, it's like kind of it's like Gallagher. You just buy the act.
1: Yeah. Wow, it's brilliant. Well, I think one guy owns all the spasmatics, but he's, uh, you know, he's spread them out. Nice. Uh, so yeah, man, speaker. He provides this rationale. It says, "I sought out and found that 13-year-old kid that loved the band and is now grown up, and I have put him in the band. I baggage check the costumes, and they come out with me. I don't even know the names of the places or the addresses of where I'm playing. I just land at the am- airport. A band of locals come over and pick me up. They drive me to all three shows, and then they return me back to the airport, and I'm home by noon on Sunday." <laughs> I've been doing this for the last five years. The great part of this is there's no band for the band to get disgruntled. There's no time to find out that Jimmy cheats on his wife or that Al is an alcoholic. I'm only with them for three days. Whatever drama happened in St. Louis last weekend, Minnesota don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's a brilliant idea. I like that guy. Have you seen Green Jelly? No, no. I I saw them once. By accident. <laughs> explain uh, this must have been gosh it was Warp Tour in Chicago so I was at Tinley Park so it must have been like 2013 or so oh shit okay yeah and uh, Green Jelly was slotted on the Warp Tour bill it's like oh that's kind of fun like maybe I'll go check them out but I didn't see them on any of the schedules so I was like alright whatever I'm not dying to see Green Jelly so I am dying to take a piss okay imagine if you will, your typical outdoor pavilion where Warp Tour is held. You've got your artist merch area where all of the touring artists get to set up everything, and that's mm-hmm. kind of their deal. And then you've got the blacktop on the way to the food court where all of the local vendors, the guys who sell the cat in the hat hats and glass oh, yeah, pipes, yeah. yeah, they're not anywhere near the band merch. They're just the the folks who buy the vendor permit, they get to set up and then they sell, you know, 420 t-shirts and shit like that, right? Yep. Sandwiched right in between them was Green Jelly playing on the blacktop. Whoa. They like had a- No stage, no riser no, at all? No, stage, playing on playing straight on the blacktop with a little Whoa. tent over them. And I was like, there's no way this is Green Jelly. And then they launch into three little pigs and they've got them like, everybody's dancing around with these pig hats on And there's maybe like five hardcore green jelly fans just rocking out. Whoa! It's like 100 degrees on the blacktop. And all you can smell is like nachos and like overflowing urinals. And there's just people (laughs) selling cat in the hat hats and glass pipes next to them. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you think there's footage of
0: this? (laughs) Maybe. I got them. Green jelly fans work toward 2011. Oh, yeah. This is exactly what you're describing.
1: Costumes, there's
0: just like different heads all over the place for them to put on
1: for good reason. No, this is just drunk war. Drunk war. That's exactly it's a It's a great idea, and my hat goes off to Bill Manspeaker for figuring out how the hell to make a living out of papier-mâché helmets of pigs Mm. and and just carrying those around. I do have one quick epilogue here. In 2014, Keenan and Carrie would reunite on stage to once again play the only song that anyone remembers from this band. Oh, cloudy, cloudy, <laughs> that was oh. at a Tool concert? No, I think that was just a green jelly show. I have a a local connection um,
0: to Green Jelly. Yeah, uh, Bill Manspeaker and his wife uh, got married at the KISS mini golf here in Las Vegas, wearing, wearing partial KISS costumes. There is video.
1: Damn, Green Jelly's wife is pretty hot. Yeah not bad (laughs) way to go Bill (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck did you talk yourself into that That
0: one one, yeah he just looks like a baby with glasses on (laughs) you got something about you yeah you got
1: something I need you got something I need I've seen just about enough of that yeah that's all I can handle yeah Jesus Christ so that's the story of Green Jelly Nick what do you think
0: uh, no, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it's done
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a story worth telling. And I just look at this guy in his cod piece with his hot wife at the Kiss Chapel in Las Vegas. And I think Tool came from that. Yeah, somehow. 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 Uh, all right, that's all I got. So next week, we will be back with Earth Crisis and... Nick, we gotta pick a winner for our uh Tommy Vexed caption contest.
0: Oh, we do. Uh yeah, let's uh let's drop that in the full the next full length. We'll yep. uh, give everybody one last chance. You got uh got a few days to get your Tommy Vexed uh caption in, uh, and then we'll uh, uh figure out who won and figure out what the
1: fuck we're gonna send you. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then. I, I got I got nothing. Mm Bye. Bye. Bye.